Hi friends, welcome to Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver with your hosts, Sandra Peoples and Lauren Crow. We are so excited to be with you. This is episode 71. And today we are talking about how we are adjusting to this new fall rhythm and the routines that our families are in, how we're doing that well, and maybe how we are still facing some challenges. And so we're going to encourage each other in that today hopefully encourage you we're going to talk about some of the things that are kind of tripping us up some changes that we're making some things we're saying no to so that we can really feel uh comfortable about this new routine and rhythm especially as we come out of so many covid restrictions and changes that we've been living under for the last 18 months so we are so excited that you're with us today and thankful that you're listening. And I am super excited that Lauren is back for an episode together this week. Yay, I am too. This has been so fun so far. I can't wait to dive into today and talk about how I'm not adjusting super great to <laughs> the new fall rhythms. I hope that you have um, encouragement for me and the other moms yeah. who are saying this is a lot to juggle, you know? It is a lot to juggle. And so let's remind our listeners, especially if they're new, uh, how old our kids are. And so my kids are uh, almost 16 and 14. Wow. And your kids are 10, 8, and 4. 10, eight and four. And so we're in like slightly different seasons. I mean, we, uh, I homeschool our oldest, uh, and our younger one, James, who has level three autism, he goes to public school. Yes. And I tried to homeschool my oldest and I decided that that wasn't good for my heart or his heart and that we needed to have a great long-term relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's back at school, but I did try the homeschool thing. I just want to throw that in there. So I think you are amazing for homeschooling. <laughs> like I want to bring you a trophy. I, I feel like that's incredible. <laughs> Go well, and you know, we've done both. So when David was Bear's age, he went to public school. So there we've done like, so don't, I mean, there were, there was a season he was back in, we started out homeschooling. Then we did public school for a few years. And then when COVID hit, we just came back to homeschooling and we've just stayed. So we're kind of one of those, we do whatever works each year and just kind of figure it out. See, I think that's so good to emphasize that there's seasons and that you can change things and say what's working for our family now and what's not working. Whenever we decided to homeschool our oldest, we saw opportunities for discipleship. It actually was more discipling versus academic um, decision that we made. And there's so much fruit now from that, but <laughs> it's not like, you know, when you go through tough times and you're like, Oh, look at all the fruit, the hard times, you know, gave us, look at all this fruit. You don't really ever say, but I'd love to do that again. You know, right, yeah. just like really grateful for the fruit, but yeah. I really don't want to relive that again. That's how I feel about homeschooling. And so of course my heart is open. If as he's a teenager, I see another opportunity for let's really disciple, you know, let's take a moment and pause and, and do some more discipleship. I will be obedient to the Lord. 
but I really have always looked at those moms who, who homeschool all their children and they are thriving and they are flourishing and it looks like so much fun and they yeah. have chickens a lot of times and they're collecting <laughs> eggs in the morning. And I'm like, that is beautiful. It's like out of a storybook. And so I thought that perhaps I was that mom, but it was just a discipling moment and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay. That's good. And I think that's important to talk about like seasons and needs and, and how things change. And so right now we're in another changing season, especially coming out of COVID. Now our COVID experience was different from yours as in the whole time we were under COVID restrictions, James either had therapy that he went to every day or he was in school. Like he had a full school year last year. So that's very different from what you guys experienced. Yes. So right when COVID hit in 2020, we began to realize that our son Barrett, who's eight, who also has level three autism and is mainly nonverbal, that there was something going on in his body and we could not figure it out, but it was manifesting in ways of aggression and he was in obvious pain, but you know, it's like a mystery. I give to become Nancy Drew as a mom. Yeah. <laughs> figure out what is bothering you, you know? And so long story short, we ended up finding out that he was like in level 10 pain because of some GI issues mm -hmm. that had been going on for a long time that we were not aware of. And they were just kind of masked. And once we figured out the root cause of it and we went through, he had a little uh, hospitalization and surgery and things like that, we realized he was going to actually need time to recover. The recovery could take almost a year. Mm -hmm. And so we said, okay, you know what? Everything's closed down right now anyways. So let's just go ahead and homeschool Barrett. And we were already homeschooling our oldest and my youngest should have started preschool school, but all the preschool options were either not there anymore or like they had closed their doors or they were full. So it was like, okay, so now I'm home and I have a child with autism recovering from something painful and I'm trying to homeschool three children. So I had really high expectations last fall like we're gonna we're gonna make this work and then every month I lowered my expectations <laughs> <laughs> till probably this past May of 2021 it was like well Barrett is learning a lot of functional things around the house and Brayley's just picking up what she can along the way my youngest and brave it was like we're down to language arts and math you don't really need the other stuff yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna go back to school. We had already decided everyone's gonna go back to school in the fall, whether the whether the pandemic increases or decreases. We had like made made it clear you're going back to school and you're going back to school and you're starting preschool and buddy you're gonna go therapy and you're gonna go to a different therapy. Like we were lining everything out in May, so that fall everyone had this you know fresh new seasonal start. So with that came such excitement, even for our kids, like they were ready to get back out in the real world. And we were ready for them as parents to do that. And then we actually transitioned into all these new rhythms with, you know, new schools, uh, two new therapy centers, lots of different routines. My husband going back to work part-time 
time, well, working part-time at home still and then working part-time back in the office. And I had just recently returned to school. So we've actually had a very interesting restart, if you will, back into the real world. And the excitement quickly dwindled to this is kind of overwhelming managing all these new things. Yeah, I can imagine. That's so, so much. And, and I, I think, I mean, I think that my friends who have typical kids, of course, they're, they're driving their kids to activities and all that. I get that. But there's no schedule like a therapy schedule, especially, I mean, you live in the Dallas area. I live in the Houston area, which means the therapy places that we're going to could be 30, 45 minutes, an hour there, and then that far back. And so, man, we've done that before where we've gone places for therapy, like pulled it, like, okay, go to school for two hours, and then I'm going to pick you up, and then I'm going to take you here for therapy, and then we're going to eat lunch in the car, and then you're going to go back to school. And man, that is a hard schedule to juggle. It is. And with kiddos that have hard times transitioning, what we're finding is picking up Barrett in the middle of the day from school and transitioning him, transitioning him to ABA in the afternoons is causing lots of meltdowns because he's not getting his recess time at school. And I think he's noticed that that he's leaving right before recess. And then we get to ABA and that's a lot of hard work there. You know, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a really long day. He has a full-time job. Like a lot of our kids do. He starts at eight and his day ends at five, which makes for really wonderful evenings together. And then bedtime routine, he's tired. So that's a blessing, but it's, harder on him than what I had expected. And for me, I felt kind of guilty because week two of this new running around <laughs> routine and driving up to his school and parking and getting my four-year-old, four-year-old out, walking inside the school, giving them my ID, doing the whole process, getting him and then him not transitioning while driving to ABA, getting everyone out again, going inside this. I mean, now I am tired actually walking through this verbally. I needed to verbally process this today, Sandra. (laughs) It was exhausting. And I thought, how can I be exhausted just doing drop off and pickups like Lauren pull it together that's always my first thing like your needs don't matter pull it together but what i realized is my mental health started dwindling because i was in the car so much yeah so i am currently waiting on a email confirmation from a beautiful diagnostician beautiful hearted diagnostician who's going to let me know if we can get it to where barrett just goes full day school and full day therapy and make things a little bit easier on our families. So what I would say to the moms that are listening that are going, hey, all of these things that are good that we put into motion for this new season, everyone back to school and therapy, if something is not working for you or for your family, you can change it. I had a speech therapist who wanted to see my son multiple times a week, and I only did it for one week and said, nope, we're only doing once a week for this kind of therapy, because we have to look holistically at all of our household and ourselves and say, what is most important right now? And for me, for me to be a good person and a good mom, my mental health is really important, (laughs) and I'm going to prioritize that for the first time, honestly, in my motherhood. Yeah. That's so important. I mean, I think that we, especially coming out of the season that we came out of, we just had these really 
high hopes. We were very optimistic, right, about what we would be able to do and, and all yeah. the things. And, and, you know, I had like this summer of no where I, that I called it and didn't do the podcast, said no to all these opportunities, which meant when fall hit, I had a full inbox of people that I had like been kind of ignoring their requests, <laughs> their emails. And for me, this is a big, the fall is a big speaking season, especially because conferences have put off their events for so long. And a lot of them are virtual, which is great, but, but that means I feel like I can say yes to more of them. So I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do that. So like even yesterday I recorded three sessions and it was great, but I was like, I, it, it just makes me feel behind. And, and Lisa Turkhurst has this great book, um, The Best Yes, and I refer to it all the time. And, she, yes. and we'll put a link in the show notes for it. And so she says, everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else. Like you just can't keep adding and adding and adding. And so, I mean, I, I'm not overwhelmed like you are with the uh, with my family's obligations, like James is only in school right now. And David does co-op one day a week. The rest of the time, his homeschool classes are online. So we are doing them together each day, but I'm not having to like do lesson plans or do any of that. I'm just there. And then I add some stuff because I used to be an English teacher. So I can't not add <laughs> a few things like he's reading the great Gatsby, you know? And so we're talking through that. It. Then it's, it's like church obligations and work obligations and all of this. And so I feel like I kind of had a tipping point yesterday where the secretary at church emailed me and she, so right now I am leading the special needs ministry, but I'm also temporarily leading the women's ministry. And I've always said that was temporary, but so she emailed me yesterday and she said, what color tablecloths do you want for your event in December? Cause I'm going to go ahead and order them. And I was like, I, <laughs> I have no brain space for, to think about something that's, I mean, I know it's fat. I know it's coming fast, right? Like, I mean, it's just right around the corner, but, and, and not only was I overwhelmed by that because of my um, personality, I, it felt like criticism, right? It felt like one more way I was failing. So mm -hmm. I am failing at leading the women's ministry because I already should have started having meetings about it. We already should, you know, and so it's like, we talked about this last time, like that should, you should, you should, you should. And so, I mean, that I have more control over the things that are feeling like pressure to me than you do, but but it's still pressure. Right? It still feels so full and so heavy and like, it's just you know, it's, too much. Yes. And you know, it's funny because it can be this one email or this one text or this one voicemail or phone call or one interaction. And it's not that person. And it's truly not the thing that they're speaking about. It's all the things that they can't see. It's like that yeah. iceberg analogy where most of the iceberg is under the water. You can't see it. You only can see the top part. And it's like, no one knows what's underneath our water, if you will, all the yeah. things that 
we are managing and stewarding and feel that heavy responsibility for, you know, and it takes like that one thing. And for me, a lot of times my kids or my husband can get the brunt <laughs> of them being the ones who are like, mom, can I have apples instead of carrots tomorrow? And I'm like, how dare you yeah. <laughs> ask for that? You know, that option change. I am too exhausted to slice your apples. The yeah. carrots come already ready to be thrown in, you know? And so in those moments, having to be like, you know what, I'm actually the one that needs to go and process with Jesus. <laughs> Why I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I have to like apologize to my kids and my husband a lot for, you know, taking something out on them or allowing them to kind of changing like the space and their mood because I'm coming in with like, Ooh, I feel heavy. Like yesterday I did four assessments for Barrett for the school district because they're redoing all of his evaluations. And I sat down and did four in a row to try to knock them out. And then the rest of the day, by the time the kids came home and my husband came home, I was like, I can't even boil noodles. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, can you boil the and so it's true when you are trying to, you know, give your best and really manage in godliness these things God's entrusted to us, you can still become overwhelmed and say, okay, I'm not on the wrong for not knowing the color yet for December. On my yeah. priority list of all the things, that's, you know, number 10, and we're going to get to it, and it's important, but I don't have to let it, you know, take over the day. So yeah. I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I emailed her back, and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll handle ordering that when we're... <laughs> So that I don't have to answer the question now. I'll put that on, like you said, on the future to-do list and, yes. and deal with it then. Like I just. So how, how is like you managing, you know, all the changes from summer of no to this fall of yes is what it sounds like. Yeah. How are you prioritizing your time to like manage all these changes? Because you always have great tips for people like me. <laughs> like how do I do this better so I feel like I'm thriving and not surviving yeah well I read a uh on Twitter last week I read Wendy Alsup who is a writer and um she I really love her material and even just on Twitter her tweets and so somebody was asking for an encouraging verse and she pulled in um Mark 14 and it's when Jesus is anointed at Bethany and it's verse eight and the very first, and these are Jesus's words. And so he says, she did what she could. Oh, and I was like, let's just stop right there. Like, let's just say, man, she, at the end of the day, when I go to bed, that's what I want to be said of me. She did what she could. Now she, she didn't do it all perfectly. She still has a to-do list tomorrow, but she was faithful to the most important things that were put in front of her. And she relied on me <laughs> when things are hard. And so I just, I, I just, it felt like such a load off to just kind of meditate on that, that little verse, just she did what she could. Um, so I have a few like practical things, but, but even as much practical as we have, like, like you and I talked last week, we had a hurricane that hit, my dad is in the hospital, and, and so that means I'm caring for my sister who has Down syndrome. My husband, Lee, had a day that he had, like, a procedure to figure some stuff out. And so even though I had the whole week planned, 
we never know when those things are going to happen. And so even as like, I don't know, regimented or scheduled as we can make things, we still allow for things to happen. Um, so I do like, I've talked about this before and we have a printout for it. It's called the ideal week and it's just a time grid. And so I put things on there like you and I record our podcast on the same day of the week and this is the time that we do it and so that's designated on my time grid this is when we do that and then it releases on thursdays and so there's things that have to happen then so i i put the big pieces in i put other things around it i try to batch things together um i you know i like to meal plan that doesn't happen every week as perfectly as i wish it did like last week i was so thankful for past Sandra who got these freezer meals <laughs> that I could just pull <laughs> out. And whether that's like something I actually made or a Trader Joe's freezer meal that I yeah. just heated up. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that was, you know, God's goodness to me and, and to our family. So we're not having to eat out all of those meals and eat on the road. And so that, family time that we do have that we're all together we can be all together and so that that was sweet and then just I you know this season I've gotten more help I mean uh you coming on the podcast as a co-host and then I have a virtual assistant Christy who she works to edit this podcast so that I'm not doing that anymore and there's lots of things and she and I've only been working together for a few weeks and but it's been a huge help to say oh Christy can handle that for me. And so we have like a meeting at the beginning of the week and kind of prioritize. And I think what, what can only I do? I ask myself this question a lot. What can only I do and what can somebody else do? And so if Christy can do it, Christy does it. If there is somebody else at church who can do some pick out tablecloth <laughs> colors or whatever, then they do that. And so it's just, you know, and that's a hard, I think you and I are very similar in this way. Like we want to be seen as competent. We want to be seen as mm -hmm. like super mom almost like we don't want, I mean, but we want to say, okay, I, I want to be faithful and really good at what I do. And sometimes that means we, we don't allow for help in our lives. That's so good. I want to highlight something that you said so that our listeners can really take hold of this and ponder it in their own life. Um, when you said that, you know, we can only do what we can do, what else can other people do for us? And let's also consider the layer of that in our walk with the Lord. Okay, God, here's what I can do. I can wake up every day faithfully and seek you. I can get my kids' lunches ready and I can get them out the door, but I can't go with them and keep them safe. I can't make sure that they're getting all that they need at school, but you can. You can yeah. do that part. So I don't have to worry. I can take that off my heart. I don't have to worry about them while they're gone because you're with them. And I think really thinking through that with everything that feels overwhelming, even for me personally, to say like, okay, God, I can go and I can pick up Barrett and I can take him to all these therapies. But what you can do that I cannot do is that you can give me strength and you can give me grace for this season, for these tasks that feel overwhelming you can take the load off if I seek you in it. And I think at the end of the day, what you, that scripture, Mark 14, eight, she did what she could do. I think we have to remember that 
it's, it's not about, did we do everything on our to-do list? Did we get everything done that everyone wanted us to, or that, that we wanted to do? Because a lot of times we put more pressure on ourselves than others. But did we seek Jesus in everything we did? Did, did we do it with him? Is Jesus with me driving to all of these different things? Am I seeking him in those down moments? And I think that that's more important than crossing everything off of our, our list. We say, did she do everything she could by doing it with the Lord yeah. and by relying on the Lord through it? I think we have to kind of change what does the end product, the goal actually what is that? Is it that the to-do list is done or is it that we did it with Jesus and we relied on Jesus? Because that takes off the heaviness for me personally in my life. Because my to-do list, every time yesterday I scratched something off, I just had to add another thing yeah. on. It never really balanced out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, we talked, this came up in my memories the other day where you interviewed me and we had a discussion on your Facebook page. And I remember one of the things we talked about was it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're becoming. Remember we, I mean, we like talked through that and it, it stuck with me even after our conversation where I, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful and God is more concerned with my heart and where I am than with what I'm doing. And so, I mean, that, that lesson, I love when things pop up on Facebook memories. They're like, oh yeah, no, I needed to hear that again today. <laughs> that happens yeah. all the time for me. And typically it's something that I wrote and yeah. I'm like, how did I know I'd need that six years <laughs> later? Oh, okay. I feel really convicted right now. <laughs> Yeah, we need the same, same lessons over and over again and the same opportunities. We have opportunities to live out what we're learning again and again. And so, man, but I just, I, I love that. Like, and we talk about that. I mean, our guiding verse is John 15, five, where we are abiding in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. And so that idea of abiding that guides all of our conversations and everything that we do that that's what we're talking about is, yes. is doing what we can do and leaving his part to him. And, yeah. and just, I don't, I mean, I just keep coming back to how do I feel at the end of the day when I get in bed and like, is my mind racing or do I feel this calmness, this trust in him? Because I mean, even just the, the fact that we have to sleep, and he doesn't. It just shows oh, us our humanity. It does. And you know what? It's so true that it says in, in Psalms that he does not sleep and he does not slumber. And I have to remind myself when I put my head on my pillow, because a lot of times, like what you said, I'm still racing thoughts and I'm thinking through my to-do list for the next day. And I have to mentally see myself just cast all of that at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm going to lie down and I'm going to sleep in peace and safety because you, God, watch over me, like it says in Psalms. And if I don't really do that for me right now, at the beginning of this transitional you know, season for fall, I can't fall asleep. And I'm thinking through 
through, okay, I got to make sure I leave on time tomorrow because these pickup times are really odd throughout my day and just saying, God, I give this to you. It's not going to help anything if I sit here and I ruminate over what I did and didn't do today and what tomorrow is going to bring because you are what stays the same. You're here with me now and you're going to be here when I wake up in the morning. And in fact, you're sustaining all of us in the in-between while we rest, right? So, you know, friends today, don't, don't lose your rest. Don't lose your mental rest and your physical rest and these things that sustain you to be a faithful woman to the things God's called you to. Because out of everything today, I think what I'm holding on to and I'm going to take with me even in my day-to-day -day, is, am I relying on God throughout? About my day? Am I abiding in him, which means to stay? Am I staying with Jesus no matter where I physically go today? Or am I trying to do it on my own strength? And I think that is the key to the fall and to any season, but just all the adjustments we're all making is, okay, we might be doing new things, but is our soul staying and abiding with Jesus? Because that's what matters most, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I love that. Like, I just feel even just talking through it all with you today, like makes me feel a little more settled. So I hope our friends who are listening can hear just that, that settledness in us and that, that peace that we can carry in all the chaos, whether everything goes exactly according to plan or nothing goes according to plan, our plan it still is a reflection of his plan and his control over what is going on in our lives. And so, you know, yeah. I mean, I am super thankful for tricks and tips and schedules and all of that, but man, at the end of the day, it really just is, have I abided in him? Am I becoming who he wants me to become? Am I doing what only I can do? And so that's probably even a bigger takeaway for me right now in this season than 10 tips to live your best, you know, like, <laughs> organize your schedule, live your best life, do all the things. I, it just, that doesn't feel settling to my soul. Like, like just that Jesus's word saying she did what she could. Um, so man, taking the pressure off of us and saying, wait a minute, Jesus, you carry that for me. Yeah. And just walking in that this week. It's yeah. amazing how a, a conversation with a friend and just verbally processing things just leads us. It's such a blessing when it leads us back to Jesus and you can go, Oh, I feel like I could take a deep breath now. Okay. Yeah. I can do this with the Lord because yeah. I was feeling heavy before our conversation today too. And now I feel like, wait a minute, one, I'm not alone because there are other friends going through things like this too. And two, Jesus is here with me and he's saying, Hey, I got a better way. I invite you into it with me. Let me take that load off of you this week. So that's so good. It is good. All right, friends. Pray with us as we end our time together today. God, we are so thankful uh, just for the many blessings. I mean, it it's amazing that we're sitting here talking about uh, the blessings of having a therapy schedule, the blessings of having events and work things to do. These are blessings, God, and they are from you. And, and we want to steward those well, and we want to be faithful in how we manage all of these blessings that you give us all of these opportunities but god we just ask for wisdom on what is best for us and best for our families so that we can say yes 
to the things that are best and let go of the things that may not be serving us in this season. So we thank you for changing seasons. We thank you for the reset that the new school year brings and for this chance to evaluate what our priorities are and evaluate where you have us, these boundaries that you have put around our time and and even us as just humans, (laughs) the boundaries that we have and the limitations we have, because all of that points to you, God, and your limitlessness and your abounding love and you existing beyond even the constraints of time. So we thank you for the blessings that you give us, the strength that you give us each morning when we wake up, for the wisdom you give us on how we can make the best decisions for our time and the best way to love our families. And we just thank you for the peace that comes at the end of the day when we can say, we did what we could. We were faithful to what you entrusted to us today. And we were abiding in you as much as we could throughout the day. And we give you glory for that. And so we thank you for our friends who are listening today. We pray that this conversation could be encouraging to them, support them, maybe give them permission to say no to some things that just aren't working in their schedule and say yes to abiding in you and remembering what the real priorities are in their day. So thank you so much for continuing to love and guide us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friend, we are so grateful that you spent this time with us today. And next week, I'll be back to share with you three ways to care for your soul this fall. So make sure that you connect with us through the Abiding Caregiver Facebook group. The link to that will be in the show notes. And Sandra and I enjoy connecting with all of you throughout the week in that Facebook group. I hope you have an awesome week, friends. Bye-bye. Bye.